Get your official Adam Sank Show merchandise at adamsank.com. T-shirts, tank tops, mugs, masks, just about everything you can think of emblazoned with the Adam Sank Show logo. Go to adamsank.com to order your merch today. Thank you. Warning. The program you're about to hear contains highly offensive and indecent material. This is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. And now, the one, the only, Adam Bottom. Ah, welcome to the ass and happy Rosh Hashanah to our Jewish listeners. We are coming at you live if you're listening at 11 a.m. Eastern on Saturday, September 19th, 2020 at dnrstudios.com. The only place to hear this podcast live and for the first week that it airs, leave us all your ratings and reviews on iTunes or wherever else you listen to this podcast. Email me, me at adam at adamsank.com. If you're listening live, you can call in and talk to us 844-825-5367. Uh, like our Facebook page, download my comedy albums, get your official ass merch, T-shirts, tank tops, even a toilet plunger. That's not true, but it would be a good idea. Uh, the link to all that is adamsank.com. By the way, we have a brand new design that just premiered. It is a T-shirt that says, if it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. And it shows a dripping popsicle onto a hand. Ryan Frostig finally broke down and ordered his first piece of ass merch, and it is that shirt. So check it out at adamsank.com. Uh, you guys, we are all mourning the loss of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, a giant who left us definitely two months too early, uh, but too early in any case. And um, now more than ever, it is essential that you register to vote and answer the census. Those are the two most important things you as an American citizen can do right now. No offense to my Canadian and uh, other listeners elsewhere, but uh, this is really not about you. Uh, Go to vote.org and 2020census.gov and do whatever you can to convince everyone you know to vote blue no matter who. Today, oops, today our guest is uh, a returning favorite to the ass, actor, producer, and writer Yuval David. He has created a new web series called One Actor Short in which he went out onto the street with a little camera crew and he cast total strangers to be in his movie and then made the movie on the spot. It's really cool. Also, you've all survived COVID, like a really serious case of COVID, and we'll be talking to him uh, about that later in the show. Uh, By the way, last week, as uh, loyal listeners know, we tried very unsuccessfully to speak to trans blogger and vlogger Finley Games over in Sussex, England. It was a total fiasco. It was not JB's fault, by the way. Uh, when I tried to call him myself from home, it took me about 15 tries before I figured out the right sequence of numbers. But I got through to him, and I promise you he will be on the show next Saturday. Uh, but first, finally, at long last, my partner in crime and the Prince of Pigs has returned to the co-host chair after a, an excruciatingly long month. So now it is my great pleasure to welcome back Ryan Frostig. Hello, everyone. Wow, the audience is going insane. Oh my God, everyone. I know, it's been so long. And we're also here with the Queen of Fuckery, J.B. Bercy. Hello, J.B. Hi, I'm a little behind, so I won't be here much this episode. Just want to let you know, we did get a new applause, so that's why this one. Oh, I love it. I love it. Ryan, uh, what the fuck have Uh, you been doing for the past month that made you miss four episodes? Honestly... Uh, I, I couldn't tell you at this point because everything is such a blur. And um, yeah, I mean, well, I got a puppy. Oh, yay. Yes, um, he got a beautiful puppy. His name is Bodhi. Um, he is a he is an angel and a devil. And I love very him. sharp teeth. Very sharp teeth. I think that's the only thing that we're kind of like struggling with is, is his teeth. Like he's so well behaved mostly. The training's going well. He's so sweet. He's so smart. But his teeth are like um, thumbnails. Yeah. Uh, the one time I met Bodhi, uh, and they warned me, like he's teething, he's teething. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, I've been around teething puppies before. They don't usually break the skin. <laughs> he broke this the dog skin. got a hold of that fleshy part between your thumb and your um, yes, your forefinger. He loves that part. And uh, I was bleeding pretty heavily. I was like, fuck. Yeah, you seemed very concerned at the time. Ryan also (laughs) celebrated a birthday, so happy 28th birthday to Ryan. Oh, 29th. 29th. This is my last. This is the last year of my 20s. Happy birthday to you. Thank you. Um, 
aware. We have such a packed show. There's literally breaking news happening like as we speak. By the way, my friend Walt from Little Rock, Arkansas, wants me to tell everyone to text your senators. Here, write this down. Okay. N as in Nancy, T as in Thomas, F as in Frank, I as in insect, E as in elephant, Z as in zebra. Text that to 50409. And that is supposed to send letters to your senator requesting that there is no confirmation for a new Supreme Court justice until after Inauguration Day. I don't know if this works, but I promised yeah. Walt I would do it. I, I've, I've texted to them before. Okay. Yeah. I, you know, our senators are both Democrats here. Right. We've got Schumer and Gillibrand. They're yeah. not going to... You know, yeah. they, they already agree with us. Mm -hmm. um, okay, quickly, what's everyone... Oh, <gasps> we have a call. A call? All right, let's take a call real quick. It's probably Gail. All right, all right. So okay. JB is still uh, uh, we'll get getting there. ready. But yeah. Ryan, what are you recommending people watch? Oh, my God. Well, okay, so I wasn't necessarily going to recommend this because I've, I've been watching a couple of shows that I wanted to recommend. But Drag Race Holland just premiered this past Thursday. Mm -hmm. And it's really good i mean it there were some things that i was kind of like this is a little bit lost in translation because it's not i mean there are english phrases being used but it's mostly um in dutch but the the fashion i mean it's europe right so yeah. it's like the looks are so good They're which sickening. is one of the main reasons you watch yeah so um i would say check it out world of wonder uh wow presents plus um and uh, just to throw this in if you're not watching selling sunset on netflix that is my new favorite reality show oh i gotta watch that too did we take the call jb or did we lose them call or you say what hello oh hey is this me yeah who this? Hey, oh hey hey hot young guy who is this? It's Super Stud. Oh, my God. You guys, this oh is... Oh, my God. Can I say your name? Sure. This is Ron Blum, who I went to college with. <gasps> and in the infancy of the internet, I mean, like, the first year the internet existed, we were both part of this news group at the University of Michigan called... What was it called? LGB Rap? Was that it? Wait, me? I wasn't part of any group. Weren't you? Just you? found me online. Oh, no. I thought you, we were both part of it. Anyway, my name in those days for all things internet was Hot Young Guy. Oh, my God. And Ron's name was Super Stud. And I, somehow I came across him on the U of M uh, Usenet system. And we went on a blind date, during which I believe I gave you a makeover. <laughs> you gave someone a makeover? Wow. <laughs> the shade. Well, no, it was never a blind date. I mean, we met up. Uh, I guess kind of, sort of. We've been chatting online for a little while, and then we met up, and then uh, we were hanging out for a while. You're taking me around, and then you took me to, uh, you led me out of the closet. Yes. Aww. Well, when I, first, yeah, he, when, when I met Ron, he had a long, shaggy mullet, and I said, that needs to go immediately. <laughs> Except now mullets are having yeah. a comeback. Well, they shouldn't yeah. be. Uh, Ron, I didn't and know you were a subscriber. I am. Well, I just joined, uh, I mean, I've been listening for a while, of course. Um, I just joined as a formal subscriber so that I could call in. So nice. I figured after all these years, it's time to call in. I'm thrilled <laughs> to hear from you. You're in, uh, where are you, in Boston? Uh, I live in Boston, actually in Cambridge, but right now I am in Cape Cod, Wellfleet, which is about, depending on traffic, 15 minutes to a half hour. From beautiful, weekend. beautiful nice. there. Yeah. Well, baby, you called during a packed show. It's lovely to hear your voice. Uh, I think you and I saw each other in New York like a couple years ago, right? When you were visiting? Yes, yes. All right. uh, first time since we graduated. Well, I did, I did go to the, uh, I guess briefly, because I went to see a couple of your shows when I was in town. Wow. Did you I was there for your final show. Oh, for your well, yeah, that's uh, right. When you recorded the final show. That's yeah. right. Do you have, and did you call in for a particular reason or just to say hi? No, just to say hi. Well... I figured, okay, you know, I was thinking about it, so you know what, I finally got to do it after the news that came up last night, and I was, oh, I can swear in this show, right? Please, swear of away. I, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, fuck it, I'm calling in, I'm in a fucking bad mood, this was a fucking nasty way to begin the new year, it was Rosh Hashanah that started last night, of course. Yes, uh, terrible, you know, Ter you know 2020 yeah. just keeps yeah. getting worse and worse, and... 5781 or whatever the fuck we're in now in the Jewish calendar is no better. So it's lovely yeah, to hear I, from I, you. Oh, thank you. We, ha we, actually have a, to hear you. we actually have a packed show, so I got to let you go. Okay. Call again, though. All right. Call, call like in two All weeks right. when, we're, when we, we have less to talk about.
Yeah. <laughs> bye, Super Stud. Be worse by them. Yeah. Be well, okay, Super Stud. Shana Tova. Shana Tova. One thing before we move what on. A blast from the past. I know that's so so wild. Um, the significance of uh, Ruth passing on uh, the first night of Rosh Hashanah is uh, isn't that doesn't that make her it, a? It gives her like an honor, an honor. Like you're you're tr- you're honored among human beings when you die on Rosh Hashanah. But I still would have. I mean, we she, yeah, of course. Just made it yeah. another couple of months. Anyway, okay, I'm going to quickly recommend two very depressing but great documentaries. Uh, the first is a documentary. The second is a docu-series. Cracked Up, the Daryl Hammond story. Daryl Hammond from Saturday Night Live, the longest ever serving cast member, uh, famous for doing Bill Clinton mm-hmm. and Donald Trump and Chris Matthews and all these other great impressions. He um, has had a really fucked up life. Uh, filled with mental illness and in serious, intense childhood abuse. And he's opened up in this documentary. It's very powerful, cracked up. Uh, also, the docuseries 16 and Recovering on MTV about mm. a high school for teenagers recovering from addiction. Very powerful, inspiring, but also sad, but also like a must watch for. Uh, educators and just the world like it's it needs to be seen because it's like a whole new approach to treating addiction as the disease that it is rather than as something kids should be punished for uh it's really powerful so with that said let's get into it let's get into it uh i need to do a story that is not on the rundown because it just broke last night but here is the headline from queerty Medics responding to late 911 call from Jerry Falwell Jr.'s home find him sloppy and drunk. Mm -mm -mm. On the day Liberty University announced it was launching an investigation into Jerry Falwell Jr.'s financial, legal, and real estate dealings while president of the university, medics in Bedford County, Virginia, were called to the disgraced evangelical's home after his wife, Becky, said he was drunk and injured. The Huffington Post reports that on the night of August 30th, this we, we just found out about this, but it happened on August 30th. Mm-hmm. Becky called 911 to say there was a lot of blood right now. The call was made around 2.30 a.m. Becky told dispatchers that she left church around 11 p.m. One of the Adam Sank Show uh, users pointed out that's a weird time to be leaving church. The fuck is happening at 11 o'clock at oh church? My God. Anyway, after receiving a call from Jerry who said he had fallen down the stairs and was bleeding... Help, I've fallen and I'm bleeding. When she got home, the doctors were, the doors were locked, excuse me, and she couldn't get inside. Eventually, she found a patio chair and used it to smash through the back door. When the dispatcher asked whether her husband had been drinking, Becky replied, yes. When the dispatcher asked if he'd been drinking heavily, she bristled and barked, I'm not going to answer that question. The dispatcher then explained that alcohol could thin a person's blood, which could account for the excessive bleeding. Then once again asked whether her husband had been drinking heavily. Becky replied, the more I tell you, the more I tell you the name, the more you're going to understand why we're not talking to you right now. She said her husband wouldn't let her take him to the hospital because he is stubborn. First responders observed lacerations on Jerry Falwell Jr.'s face, including under his left eye, across the bridge of his nose, and above both his right and left eyes. Also, that he had hit his head on a trash can and that there was blood in the area, as well as empty alcohol containers. He had slurred and slowed speech and would repeat things already asked. Drinking is against Liberty University's official code of conduct. Under Falwell's leadership, the school would regularly make students submit random breath, blood, and urine tests to enforce the ban. In a 1998 interview, his father, Jerry Falwell Jr., called alcohol the worst, most offensive drug in American history. Wow. <clears throat> Question. You said that the door was locked. Becky couldn't get in. She couldn't get in to her own home. Even with like she had keys and she tried well, that to get was in. one of one of the other Facebook users said, why doesn't Becky have keys to her own home? Yeah. But, you know, who knows? They're fucking like crazy I evangelicals. Yeah. They might be like the husband Keeps carries the keys. the keys. Right. Oh my God. What a mess he is. A huge mess. I mean, the, he, I mean, this is karma's a bitch. And I don't mean to laugh at anyone else's misfortune, but ha 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 ha. He's a fucking hypocrite and a grifter and one of the main reasons that Trump was elected. 
He right. was the key to Trump's evangelical support in 2016. So fuck him and fuck Becky and fuck that pool boy. <laughs> Literally. It's hard. I do. Really do. Mm, yeah. I mm. pool boy. Yes, pool boy. Take it, pool boy. <laughs> Grab a floaty. Okay, now the real story I wanted to start with is that Jesse Smollett is back in the news. Oh, good. Still swearing that he's innocent. He gave an interview to an activist called Mark Lamont Hill on Instagram, uh, in which he says, he, Jesse says he doesn't believe the city of Chicago or law enforcement will ever stop going after him, and he believes they're trying to make an example of him, even though he claims he didn't do what he's accused of doing. This is the first time Jesse's spoken out since the city, or maybe it's the, the state of Illinois, uh, uh, initiated a lawsuit against him. And when um, was that? It's been months that, yeah. that they announced. I mean, it's been like six months, I think, that they announced that they were going to sue him for filing a false report, right. using you know police time and money and resources on a crime that didn't happen, et cetera, et cetera. But what's interesting now is that a group of, of really important and in some cases legendary African-American public figures are supporting Jussie. One of them is legendary activist Angela Davis. Mm. Angela Davis is like serious. V1. Like you yeah. want Angela Davis on, on your side. side. She signed an open letter in support of Smollett and blamed the Chicago PD for hiding evidence that proves he was telling the truth. The letter was also signed by Danny, Danny Glover, Tik Milan, or Tig Milan, and other prominent public figures. Um, I, I, it's, it's a, it, there's a lot to digest here. The main thing that is new for me is that in the letter, these activists claim that the Osandero brothers, the two co-suspects in the crime, were held by police for 48 hours. And it was only in the 47th hour that they finally said that they were the ones who had attacked Jussie and that Jussie had paid them to do so. Take a listen to Jussie. All I can say is, is that they were in there for 47 hours. They never said that. I, they continued to say I had absolutely nothing to do with it. And then they changed the story at the last minute. So, again, um, that's really all I can say about it. That's all I can say about it. You know, um, You know, my initial reaction is like, gotta read. oh, sorry, he was you not know, done. Y'all got to like the the information is not that hard to find if you actually look for it. And, you know, the letter that so many of these brilliant, you know, activists and artists have put together, it really does lay it out. You know, so there's really not a lot that I even necessarily need to say if people just go and Sorry, Jesse, I didn't mean to interrupt you. You know, my initial reaction when I saw this was like, bullshit. Mm -hmm. You know, Jesse's still lying. There's video evidence of the Osendero brothers in a store buying materials that were used in the attack. It was the coldest night of the year mm -hmm. at two in the morning in Chicago. It's like not a normal time for a hate crime to happen. Yeah. He wouldn't let the police see his phone records. And then when he did, they were redacted. There's so many things. There was the check that he wrote them for $3,000, which he says was for uh, physical training. And I also keep coming back to Lee Daniels, like Lee Daniels, executive producer of Empire, one of the most important black uh, heavyweights in Hollywood. He's like Oprah level yeah. in terms of his power. Lee Daniels isn't going to fire the victim of a hate crime. Right. If there's any chance that that person's a legitimate victim of a hate crime, like Lee Daniels has to be sure in his bones that Jesse made up the story for him to fire him from Empire. And then on the other hand, I'm like, it's fucking Angela Davis. Yeah. And yeah. also, we're at a different time now than we were when this first happened. We're at a time now where it's widely understood that police lie and cheat and murder and do all kinds of shit. And more importantly, cover up their crimes. Right. So I don't know who the fuck to believe I, now. I know. It's, it's kind of hard to, um, to have a position on this because it's been, so, it's been so muddied by all these different, you know, pieces of the story coming up and this and that. And 
the check and all the little things that kind of like stay in your mind, but you, you want to believe victims, but it, it just, like I don't, I don't trust, I don't trust the Chicago police. Yeah, of course. I don't Definitely trust not. any police department, but at the same time, why would they do this? Yeah. Why, why would they work so hard and, and expend so many resources to try to prove that Jesse faked a hate crime rather than just go after who committed the hate crime? Like yeah. it doesn't also, um, in the letter, there's a claim that there was there were witnesses who saw a white man standing in the area with a rope hanging out of his pocket, which would be the rope that Jesse claims was put around his neck like a noose. Right. So who knows? I, I hope that at some point the truth comes out. But this is starting to remind me a little bit in a much smaller way of the O.J. Simpson yeah. case mm-hmm. where you had white America going oh, OJ's definitely guilty of murdering his wife and Ron Goldman. And you had black America going, no way. Do you know the fucking LAPD? Do you know what they're capable of? And we just, there's just no coming together. Right. So I don't, I don't know. I, I would love for it to turn out that he's innocent. Of course. I, I love Jesse Smollett. Yeah. Like, he's amazingly talented and like a g- great role model or was right. for young gay black men across the world. And it's like, I don't want him to be a faker. I want him to, to, to be legit. Right. So time will tell. Time will tell. In the, true. in the meantime, there was breaking news this week about Andrew Gillum, former gubernatorial candidate in Florida who almost beat Ron DeSantis and who should have. Yeah. There'd be a lot fewer dead people in Florida right now if Andrew Gillum had been governor instead of Ron DeSantis. He- but Andrew Gillum, you'll recall, in March was found unconscious in a hotel room next to a, a passed out rent boy and another man. There was like crystal meth bags scattered around the room. It was a mess. He was photographed naked. He later went to rehab. In a new interview with Tamron Hall, he uh, has come out, but not as gay. Take a listen. Hurtful was this belief that I was somehow living a lie in my marriage and in my family. Um, That was the most hurtful to me because I believe we're all entitled to mistakes. Um, And I believe we're entitled to those mistakes without having every other respectable and redeeming part of our lives invalidated. And I felt like the love that I have between my wife and I my family, but most important, the authenticity that I tried to lead with was all in question at this point, and not even in question anymore. Something else had been assumed by that. And to be very honest with you, when you didn't ask the question, um, you put it out there, is whether or not I identify as gay. And the answer is, I don't identify as gay, but I do identify as bisexual. And that is something that I have never shared publicly before. So the implication I take from that is that he has been openly by with his wife and family throughout. Right. And that, I mean, I'm just supposing this, but it sounds like he's saying his wife married him and is with him knowing that he's bi, which is not unheard of. Sure. Um, and he was, you know, a politician, so maybe he did want to keep that private. Of course. But um, it doesn't really explain the incident. Mm-mm. And I still believe there was more than just alcohol, which is what he claims. But whatever. Like, it's great that he's come out. Of course, there are a lot of people, you know, making snide remarks and saying, like, oh, this is just one stop on the way to gay town. Yeah. But bisexuality does exist. It does. And I think that, um, I think you could say that like, you know, 10, 15 years ago, but I think now it's like, even the, even labels of just like gay, bi, straight, it's all kind of, we're all just pigs. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I was bi. <laughs> I know you've said that before. Oh my God. Well, a, f- a few weeks ago, I think you were not here. We did a story where there was a scientific study, a long-term study that proved that some men are bisexual, mm-hmm. period. And it's not out of the realm of possibility that a bisexual man chooses to marry a woman or chooses to marry a man. It doesn't mean you have to have sex with 
both sexes for the rest of your life, right. it means you can and you can potentially fall in love with uh, – can you imagine if I were bisexual and I were still single at 49? Oh, my God. Like, it's sad enough that I'm gay and single at 49. Like, but if I had twice the opportunities and I still couldn't make it work. Well, maybe you should try it out. Think about puss. <laughs> think about the puss. I've done it, honey. I know. Unlike you, I've done it a number of times. It, was, it just wasn't my cup of tea. Sure. That's fair. It didn't taste like tea either. <laughs> oh, God. I don't want that. <laughs> it didn't taste uh, bad. Yeah. I've said that before. Uh, when I hear gay men like saying gross things about women's vaginas, I think it's offensive because it's a beautiful thing. And yeah, listen, I've had some dicks in my mouth that didn't taste like roses either. Okay. And uh, most of the vaginas I tasted were uh, a little salty, but nothing, uh, nothing offensive. Now, I just, I just remembered something I saw on Twitter. I believe it is uh, like bisexual. Pride Week or oh or bi. yes yes so was that do you think that this was all like do you think he waited to <laughs> I don't know that like the organizers of bisexual pride are like yay <laughs> Andrew Gillum who passed out in a hotel room with a rent boy amid bags of crystal meth is one of us Post yay! Child, yeah. but um, yes it was it was interesting the timing he yes. came out during bisexual pride. Uh, week or month or awareness or something so, yeah but anyway congratulations to all the bisexuals out there we love you we accept you we believe you we believe you we believe that you're bi um here's a little bit of good news uh a former drag queen who was running for the delaware state house in the 27th district in delaware has won his race against his democratic opponent Sitting uh, Representative Earl Jakes by a margin of 61 percent to 38 to 39 percent. And the thing about him is his name is Eric Morrison, and he has been a guest on the ass. Yes. We had him on this show. Were you here? It was the day I we was. had Pissy Miles, too. Mm -hmm. So first we talked to Eric, and it was back in December 2019. And I asked him uh, what, I, what he thought his chances were of beating his opponent. Take a listen. So what do you think your chances are of unseating him at this point? I, I think they're great. Um, our campaign, um, we kicked off May 1st, and I say we, of course, because, you know, we're a team, but I announced my candidacy May 1st. The election's not actually until September 15th of next year. Um, you know, we knew we're going against an incumbent. We want to get out early. We started knocking doors in the district back in July. We've knocked on close to 3,000 doors already. Um, fundraising is going well. We've been at a ton of events. And most importantly, at the doors, we're hearing that uh, the Democrats really want a Democratic candidate who who stands for the tenets of the party. I mean, not just LGBT equality, but my opponent in 2017 voted against the woman's right to choose here in Delaware if Ugh. Roe versus Wade gets overturned. So, you know, they're, they're not too happy about a lot of these stances he's taken. Yeah. So congratulations Mazel. to Eric Morrison. He's considered to be the, yes, the audience likes it too. He's considered to be the strong favorite to win in the November 3rd general election. He's in a heavily Democratic district. He'll be running against a Republican and a Libertarian candidate. If elected, he will emerge as Delaware's first openly gay man and first drag queen to serve in the Delaware state legislature. Fucking cool. Yeah. Yes, queen. I'm thrilled. And his opponent really was a dick. If you remember, he came to national prominence because the opponent, this guy Jakes, tried to shame him for hosting a drag queen fundraiser right. for his campaign. Now, Eric was not in drag himself. Mm -hmm. He no longer dresses as his, uh, his drag alter ego, Anita Mann. <laughs> but... A lot of his drag friends were there in drag, and this guy Jakes was like, oh, this is inappropriate to have drag queen. And that was picked up by Queer T and Toll Road and the gay blogs, and, and it, I think ultimately it helped Eric win. That's awesome. So fuck you, Representative Jakes. Yeah. You can suck my dick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for the dick sucking sound effect. It's never here. Is that Ryan? <laughs> it's it's the, the, the sound that I just made. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. 
such a loud yeah, orgasm, yeah, Ryan. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what Ryan's neighbors hear every day. Mm-hmm. My neighbors would hate you. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, my headboard used to be on the other side of the room. Oh, my God. Like, on the wall that I share with my neighbors. Yeah. And I'm sure they heard a lot of banging. But uh, fortunately for them, I have since moved it across the room. Uh, meanwhile, Ellen DeGeneres, would you like to sing the bumper? You're a mean one, Ellen DeG. You're a privileged talk show host. You have staples in your pussy and your heart is made of poo, Ellen Ellen DeG. Ellen is finally going to address all of these scandals on her own show on the September 21st season premiere of Ellen. That's uh, two days from now. So by the time most of you hear this, it will probably have already happened. Uh, she said in a statement, I can't wait to get back to work and back to our studio. And yes, we're going to talk about it. I just saw the commercial actually for this. And he's, she says that. Uh, the season 18 premiere will feature Tiffany Hoddish in studio, as well as appearances from Kerry Washington, Alec Baldwin, Chrissy Teigen, Chris Rock, Amy Schumer, Adam Sandler, and Orlando Bloom. Now that's a lineup. Okay, so I call up with all my work, and I'm here for this story. Uh, I'm definitely here for Tiffany Haddish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's great. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, I said from the very beginning that this is what she should do. Right. She has a platform. Speak. Speak to us, Ellen. But what if she was just holding it just for the season premiere of her episode? Like, after all this, like, instead of just responding after tweet after tweet after yeah. message, she just, like, waits till everything, but like, all right, bitches, I got my own show. I last for an hour or two. I don't know how long. I mean, that's smart from a ratings that's perspective, but it's say. stupid from a PR perspective because right. things got really bad. Really bad. I mean, there was questions about whether or not she was even going to come back to the air. Right. Uh, and and who her replacement might be. So, but it'll be very interesting to see what she says, and we will definitely pull a clip for the episode, not next week, but two weeks from now, because yes. that's how we roll. Meanwhile, Anne Hayes, remember her? Barely. She, she used to be a movie star. <laughs> now she's on Dancing with the Stars. Ugh. She has opened up her uh, opened up for the first time about her high profile romance with Ellen. She says that after they uh, came to a Hollywood premiere together, she was fired from a movie that she was set to do with Harrison Ford uh, called Six Days, Seven Nights. They were basically like, we don't want you anymore. And by the way, that was right when Ellen was fired from her sitcom as well. So they Mm. both lost jobs after appearing together in public as a couple. But here's the the nice part of the story. According to Haish. Harrison Ford demanded that Fox rehire her because she was in the movie. He also personally called her to let her know, frankly, my dear, I don't give a fuck who you're fucking. We have a movie to make. Hayes recalls Ford saying, let's make it to the best one. Let's make it the best one ever. Hmm. Hayes also says, when I met Ellen, she was beaming light. There was nothing that could have shown brighter than when she was in the room I'll never forget. Our time was a beautiful part of my life and one that I wear with honor. I I was part of a revolution that created social change, and I could not have done that without falling in love with her. So that's nice. nice. Yeah, and it's great about Harrison Ford. Yeah, that's it. Says a lot more about him than than her. Right. Yeah. And Hayes is basic. Basic bitch. You're a basic bitch. Oh wait, but he's not. <laughs> did, did you do that story? Yes, we did the Lohanthony okay. story last week. We're very, very sad very that Lohanthony sad. is now a born again Christian who has renounced his homosexuality. Uh, meanwhile, JB, I'm feeling sexy. Can you put some sexy music on? And while we're doing this, you can get our uh, our esteemed guest on the phone. Hey, Ryan, you know when your dick is small and you want it to be big? Yeah. Well, let's talk about something we could all use more of right now. Sex. 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 Mm. Listen, I've used Blue Chew, and I can tell you that it works. And now you can increase your performance and get the extra confidence in bed. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. And right now, when you visit BlueChew.com, listen up, super stud, you get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code, ASS. 
it says DNR here, but I think they mean ass. Just pay $5 shipping. You can take them anywhere, anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Mm. Blue Chew is made in the USA. It's prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to the doctor or wait in line. It's cheaper than a pharmacy. They prepare it and ship it right to you in a discreet package. No awkwardness, and you don't need to leave the house, which is great right now because, you know, COVID. If you could benefit more from confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code ASS. ASS. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code ASS. Try it free. Blue Chew's the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we want to thank them for sponsoring the ASS. Remember, when you support our sponsors, you don't just uh, help your dick. You help the ASS. Thank you, Blue Chew. Thank you, Blue Chew. That was new copy I was told to read, and the only thing I can see different is that they got the promo code wrong. Ah. Promo code ASS. Ass. Ass, 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 ass. Well, speaking of ass, our guest today is making his triumphant return to the ass after first appearing on the show back in May 2019. He's an actor who played Russian special agent Matvey Sokolov on CBS's Madam Secretary. He's also a writer, director, and producer, and one of his latest projects... This is really cool. It's called One Actor Short. It's a series of digital shorts in which he recruits strangers on the street to perform as cast members. The first installment took the Best Experimental Film Award at the Indie Fest Film Awards. Take a listen to this. How long have you been trying to contact him? The last four months. You were my mentor. Why didn't you approach me earlier? Listen, my job is to teach and train. That is it. You follow protocol, we bring you in. You don't. So you're saying Jake broke protocol? Didn't pan out. Well, I'm going to try to find him, and I'm going to try to prove you wrong. You hear me? Control. And joining us all the way from New York City, please give a warm-ass welcome back to Yuval David. Hello, hello. Hey, hey, hey. Yuval Shanatova. Shanatova, Adam. You're I, working on, on the new year. I know. It's a Shanda. Are you? Is it a Shanda? But you know what? You share so much joy. I was actually thinking about that because I knew uh, Adam Chuk. Right? I'm going to give you the super Jewy yes, way to say please. your name. Um, Adam Chuk. I knew we were going to talk about it. And this this new year. What are we at? Fifty seven eighty one. Yes. Can you believe that? It's, you, can you believe that we're into the eighties now? It's amazing. It still feels but, like fifty seven eighty to me. I, I still feel like 57, 76. I don't know what, what happened. But looking about this, you share so much good energy. Uh, I, I follow you on social media. Uh, we, we're, we're in many of the same uh, circles, I'm sure, within the Venn diagrams of our life. And that good energy is so needed now. So I, I knew we would talk about, oh my gosh, we're doing this on the Rosh Hashanah, but it is so fitting uh, because good energy. Thank must you. Be I really appreciate that. And right back at you. I mean, you know, as entertainers, that's, that's our job right now is to try to provide a little bit of light in, in all this darkness, um, especially with the, uh, the passing of Justice Ginsburg last night. I think we we need to keep finding ways to smile and laugh and shine light into the world. And uh, <clears throat> in, uh, in that vein, I'm fascinated by this concept of yours of recruiting strangers on the street to act in a film and then shooting it on the spot. Describe the, the process of how you did One Actor Short. So One Actor Short was born from my love of guerrilla theater, which is creating theater for an audience that doesn't to be an audience. I thought, and I've done guerrilla filmmaking as an actor, as a director, uh, where we're filming in somewhere where we don't necessarily have the permits for, or we're moving quickly and we have to just stay on the move, even mm -hmm. if we do have the permits for. And I thought, what if I just flip this completely around and not only have a uh, guerrilla filmmaking in locations that didn't expect us or guerrilla theater creating an audience that didn't expect to be an audience, but turning the cameras and the spotlights on random strangers, which really proves 
that everybody is special. Everybody is unique. Everybody deserves to have the, the microphones pointed in their direction, the cameras pointed in their direction. Uh, it comes from my, my creative mantra to entertain, uplift, and inspire. I want to entertain people and create compelling, interesting content. And I want to uplift people, whether it's the audience or even the crew and the cast. And I want to inspire people to be the best they can be. So with that really philosophical answer, I just thought this could be amazing, especially in New York City, to see what happens and to still film those failures. Because a lot of New Yorkers, I'd walk up to them, they're like, no, get out of my face. Right. And use a, a very uh, colorful language sometimes. And it was, it, that was part of it. And it was funny. It's allowing myself to fail and allowing myself to fail on camera. Right. Because we actually get to see that. you. We get to see you approach these people and ask them if they want to be in your movie. What did you think of the performances of those who said yes? Because I was really impressed by some of them. The, the clip we just played. I thought that guy was a phenomenal was actor. No, he should be on a cop drama. I mean, this guy was. He so looks like Wesley Snipes, too. Oh, yeah. A gorgeous guy. Totally seems like he should be an actor. And that is the great thing. I create a safe space for people to be silly, for people to just own it, do whatever they do. And the approach is I stop somebody on the street. I say that, you know, I, I only need eight minutes of your time, maybe 10 minutes if you're really good. Uh, I will improvise a scene. I'll direct you through uh, the scene. It's basically guided improv. If you do something that really works, I might have you do it again. Do give me another take, repeat a line. So I'm directing these random strangers in 10 minutes, shaping the narrative at the same time, because in the beginning of the day, this is an experiment for me and my crew. I have no clue what kind of film I'm going to create. Do you, I don't do know you not have a script? Is. Nope, no script. So all that's it, improvised. It, it's it's improvised. I call it guided improv because as the day goes on, as I film more scenes, this, the narrative of this short film is now being created. So every scene that I filmed before is going to affect the next scenes that I will film. And I'll talk to somebody and say, okay, this is what we have so far. We've now developed this, this, and this. This is uh, a previous random stranger gave me my character's name, told me what my character does, um, and we fill in the gaps. And then by the end of the day, I have a ton of footage that I then go into the editing process, and that's where the magic happens. I wonder if this would work as well in other cities. You know, I feel like New York yes. New York is the kind of city where, you know, a random person on the street is probably a fascinating character in their own right, like regardless. And I'm not sure that, I mean, not to put down other cities, I'm just not sure they have as many characters as New York has. Maybe San Francisco. Well, you know, one... Maybe, but one in 38 Americans lives in New York City. So that means we wow. already have this hodgepodge of so many different types of, of people. I do think that this would work really well in other places. And I'm truly hoping to be able to uh, continue filming, which I, I am. I'm actually getting ready to film another episode soon. And I want to take this around the country because not only is this this unique show, which is part documentary, part reality show, and then part actual short film, um, it, it reveals a lot about people. Who are the people who agree to say, yes, okay, I will act in a film with this random, you know, guy Yuval and his film crew. Uh, what does it reveal about the people in our country, whether they're citizens, whether they're immigrants, whether they're visiting, whether, who, who cares? Right. Uh, I would love to take this around the country. And I've already had an invitation because this uh, won uh, many awards in, gosh, in, I've been accepted with this one actor short series to 60 film festivals. And I have so great. won, yeah, and I've won 40 awards. So the ratio Muzzle. there is the mazel, mazel indeed, thank you. And I've, I have invitations, like I just got an invitation from uh, to film an episode in Fargo. Oh, wow. Like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. You betcha. Oh, yeah. Hey, you've all, you shot these films in public places all over New York. Were you frequently interrupted by hecklers and photobombers and people just wanting to fuck with you? Um, 
I, I didn't have too many negative interactions. There were people who just blew me off who in New York were so trained to not stop whenever somebody tries to approach us because they're either trying to sell us, you know, a, a, a rap CD or I don't know if they even do the CDs anymore. Maybe I just dated myself or they're asking money to save the whales or, you know, who, who knows what it is that they're doing. Uh, so, I did get a lot of people blowing me off for that. Uh, once in a while, there were quirky people who would photobomb, but I would use that. <laughs> I would try to use that in the narrative. Basically, anything that is captured on camera, I want to try to use. Of course, in the editing process, uh, we have a, the filmmaking expression, kill your darlings, which is a violent expression, but it basically means when you have to edit and cut things down, you cut out things that would otherwise be great. But, right. oh, my God. I had some quirky guy who kept following us and doing this robot dance in the background. And it was so funny. I'm like, I'm just going to use this guy. I mean, here's here's a release. Could you sign a release? And he's like, uh, I guess so. And I was like, do whatever you want. And it ended up using him as a character. That's so, so funny. You know, I love that stuff. You shot these, obviously, before COVID, before the shutdown. Um, you can't make these short films now the way you did then. Have you... Have you thought about somehow making a, a Zoom version, an internet version of, of the same concept? Absolutely. Uh, that is in the works, but I want to do it out in the open again. There is a magic there. Uh, look, I, I, during this pandemic, I'm so blessed to have been constantly working. Uh, I, I record voiceovers from home for multiple different productions. I'm directing a feature-length film, which is in post-production. We also needed to have pickup shoots. So I've had a minimal crew, and I wrote and directed two short films, also obeying all of this, the, the production guidelines for social distancing. So I'm ready to go out, and this concept, this one-actor short concept, challenges all of my experience, my ability, my talents, my understanding, because I have to just improv. I have to go with the flow. So I'm completely open to trying to do this. The benefit of having a boom microphone is I don't have to be right next to somebody as I'm capturing their sound. The benefit of cameras is we don't have to be right next to that person. So I'm really curious to see how it will turn out. It's truly an experiment, which is why I've won so many of these awards for an experimental film, an experimental series. There were film festivals that didn't even know which category to put my my film series in because it's an episodic show of multiple different individual episodes. They all are standalone. So my answer is yes. Will it be a challenge? 100%. Am I up for it? Totally. I have to tell you, you're kind of inspiring me. I, I've had this idea in my head for, for years about a web series that I want to do. I'm not going to say what it is. Um, but I've been so lazy about like actually sitting down and writing the script or even writing an outline for it. And now I think I'm just going to do it. What did you call it? Guided improv. I think I'm going to do it guided improv style. Totally do it. You know, a lot of my writing, actually my entire career is influenced by my acting career. Uh, I, I'm, I'm had a, you know, performed in, in theater, Broadway, off Broadway, across the country, TV, films, scripted stuff. But I've also really been into the weirdisms, the performance art, and improv comedy and sketch comedy, and even in live theater, that's still improv. Even on set, it's still improv. Yes, right. I have a script, but I also have to listen and receive whatever stimuli are coming my way. My writing is totally affected by that as well. So my recommendation for, for you, for anybody who wants to create content, is improv with it. Develop your characters, but let them change. Develop your narrative, but let it change. Let right. the narrative rule you. Let the characters take you on a journey. I'm, all, I'm Adam, always up for receiving stimuli. I, I know you're, you're with, with, I, I follow your posts on Instagram. I, I see. <laughs> my thirsty posts. Those are. Yeah. But yeah, if you want to talk about it, let's talk about it after the show. And come on, collaboration is key. I would love that. Yuval, you, speaking of COVID, you went through a a pretty serious case of COVID yourself early on in in the pandemic. Can you tell us about what what that experience was? Yeah, March March 13, the day the world changed, at least in the United States, uh, was when I started to feel not right. Uh, And 
I already was following the news. I knew this pandemic was going to come here based on everything I was was reading. So I had already stocked up on all kinds of dried goods and cleaning products and things like that within reason. Uh, but I started preparing for all of that in December. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, because it, it was bad. And I have friends who work at NIH, and they all said, this is bad. <laughs> you need to be prepared to not leave your apartment for a while. Um, so when I started feeling ill, I immediately treated it as if I had COVID. That was at a time when we couldn't get tested uh, quickly or easily or even for free. My my test was something like $800. Jesus. Um, yeah, and it took nine days for the results to get back. By the time the results came back as positive for COVID, I was already feeling better. But those nine days when I was ill, I was I, I kid you not, I was sleeping for 20 hours per day. I would get up to uh, my wonderful, amazing, handsome husband was making uh, chicken soup, the, you know, the Jewish remedy. Yes, everything. Jewish penicillin. Uh, completely. And uh, making hot tea. And Did he you get know, sick, Yvonne? Than... No, that's what's amazing. We were so serious about social distancing, even in our own home, and hyper-vigilant uh, cleanliness, he did not get sick. He tested negative for the antibodies, and he tested negative for COVID three times. I tested positive for COVID uh, the first time, and then after I got better, I tested for positive for antibodies. And then since then, I've tested negative three times. Um, so I'm convinced that certain people just can't get it. I mean, not that you weren't careful, but... Uh I, I, it just seems to me that there are some people, and maybe your husband's one of them, who who just are, are immune to this. Well, ego. Now he's you know he's walking around and flexing all day, which I don't mind. <laughs> uh, you um, all, I was going to ask but, you but yeah, about. It was, it was a rough. It was a rough go. I, I was feeling very ill, but I refused to go to the hospital. And when I started to struggle with um, being able to breathe deeply, I thankfully have all of this experience with vocal exercises and yogic breath and I would do belly breaths as opposed to chest breaths and I was able to continue to breathe wow. and I knew how lucky I was to do that and I refused to go to a hospital. But well, also it was probably a blessing that you were sleeping so much. Yeah, it was letting my body, my body heal and do what it does. Well, we're but so glad that you recovered. I, I have eight friends who died from COVID. Oh my God! Eight, eight. It's hard. It's just. It's. I'm it's, so sorry. That is. I mean, I can't even imagine. I, I, I've been so fortunate. I haven't lost anyone close to me. God. Yeah. Exactly. Spit through your your fingers for yeah. to ward off the evil eye. But I. That is so. Wow. It's, it's, it is something to to take seriously. It is much more serious than many people are recognizing because it's it's not something that are are we we don't have a a, a medication for it. We don't nope. have a vaccine yet. And despite um, what the president there, says, we're not going to have one anytime soon. Well, you know, I did also buy some extra chlorine and some lights that I might try to explore. I'm not even going to say that. Do you remember when he said to like put Clorox. it? Clorox. Clorox. Yes. Oh my God. I can't even go there. Let's not. It's just so ridiculous. All right, Yuval, we're going to completely switch tone. And in the last, uh, in the remaining minutes of the show, we're going to play everyone's favorite at home quiz show. Ask me no questions. Ask me no questions. Ask me no questions. <laughs> I don't think you played this the last time you were on. Um, no, but I do love that. Okay, so uh, I know it's Rosh Hashanah, but imagine you're invited to a Passover Seder tonight, and the host asks you to make haroset. What ingredients do you use? Go. Uh, manuka honey, dates, apples, and pomegranate seeds. No wine. Oh, God, I whine enough. What, you're already whining? It's not good enough for you? But I'm you want me to juke give you a recipe, and you're complaining already. <laughs> it's only the first day of the year. Uh, I'm Thank glad you, you said dates. I think dates are essential for haroset, and uh, Ryan oh, and I can argue about delicious. this another oh, time. Yes. They make it spreadable. Um, okay, question two. What is the sexiest part of a man's body? <laughs> his, his dick. Very good answer and honest too. Yeah. Most people yeah, are like yeah. his heart. <laughs> now, Dick is the sexiest. Uh, and speaking yeah, of Dick, 
Speaking of dick, <laughs> circumcision, pro or anti? Whatever people want to do, I'm pro. Uh, politically correct answer. I am very pro circumcision. Yeah, good. Where is the strangest place you and your husband have ever made whoopee? Oh, my gosh. Uh, none of them are strange. We've done it on hiking trails. We've done it in every room of the, the, our home. What is strange about having sex anyway? That's true. The correct answer yeah. was in the butt. Oh, God. Say something. That's funny. Yuval, you speak Hebrew, right? I also speak a bunch of other languages. Say something dirty in Hebrew for us. What does that mean? I just it said something dirty in Hebrew for you guys. Aww. All right, here's the, here's, no. the, here's the only dirty thing I can say. What? Say it again. I want to receive you in my ass. That's not even a word. Everything else is correct. <laughs> well, that's uh, how, how about, I was how taught. Say, how about say Lachdo? Lachdo? Yeah, that means you want to drill mm-hmm. in the end. Oh, I'd rather be drilled. Uh, number six. <laughs> I just love you, man. When you, were sing- when you were single, did you ever fantasize about marrying actor Robert Duvall so that your name would be Yuval Duvall? <laughs> of course I did, yes. <laughs> I mean, he, besides the name, he's just sexy. Yeah, you know what? He's one of those people who truly is sexy because he's compelling and he's interesting and he's a good dancer. He actually would go ballroom dancing with my parents. Oh. So I actually know I know it. The only other actor I, I could think of that I wanted to marry. Yeah, the only other actor I could think of with Duval was Shelley Duval mm. and uh, I didn't think you'd be likely to marry her. You know, you never know different strokes, different folks. I'm I'm very much on the that that LGBTQ spectrum. I fluctuate from gay by queer. Oh, interesting. So who knows? So before your husband you had relationships with women? Oh yeah, I had two girlfriends. I was before I met my husband, my dating life was amazing. This should be for a different show. I actually want mm-hmm. to write a series about that. But yeah, bisexual dating. I dated these two amazing women, and eventually I was dating both of them at the same time, which, again, is uh, for a, a future show. Yeah. Um, and, and then I wasn't ready to commit. All these people I was dating were just, like, ready to s- sign the contract, the ketubah, let's make kids, let's do it. And I was like, whoa, I just want to kind of explore for a while. And then I met my husband, and I could not explore anymore once i met the man who is now my husband it was just like oh my god he just fit in so many different in your ass of course (laughs) okay well imagine that you had not met your husband for a moment Uh, i'm gonna give you i know it's very sad but i'm gonna give you an f mary kill jewish actor edition you have to fuck one of these jewish actors marry another and kill the third and your choices are give me some good options here here you go seth rogan Shia LaBeouf, and Zac Efron, who I just found out was Jewish. You just found out that he's Jewish? With that nose? I had no idea. Oh, wait, wait. So what are my options? Seth Rogen, Shia LaBeouf, and Zac Efron. Fuck, marry, and kill. I don't like killing. Uh, Okay, so fuck. You know, instead of killing, you can pretend instead of killing, you can say block on social media. I'm, okay, thank you. I'm going to say fuck Shia LaBeouf because he seems to have this wild side. I bet that would be amazing. Yes. Um, um, and then Mary. Hmm. If, if Seth Rogen could, uh, well, one, support Israel a little bit more, mm. um, then, then maybe Mary and I would get him on a Peloton bike. Um, and sorry, Zac Efron. I don't know. I guess. Wow. Not what I expected. The correct answer is kill Zac. E- I'm sorry. Fuck Zac Efron. Uh, marry Seth Rogen and kill Shia LaBeouf. Yuval, David, really? I, your I website is Yuval. 
we got to wrap up. Your website is uvaldavid.com. That's Y-U-V-A-L-David.com. How can people follow you on the interwebs, uh, on the social media? I am media? all across social media. Uh, Uval David on YouTube. Uval underscore David underscore on Instagram. But if you just type my name anywhere. And also uh, Facebook, Uval David. I'm Thank you so much for talking David. to us. Shana Tova, a blessing on Shana your head. You. Ryan and JB, Amen. plug yourselves. You can follow me at, at Ryan Frosting. Uh, you can follow me at Stocking Anarchy 12 only on Instagram. And you can follow me, me, at Adam Sank on Twitter and Insta. Thank you all for listening. Tune in next week to hear another brand new ass with our guest, Finley Games. I swear we will have him on the phone. Subscribe to this podcast at dnrstudios.com. Don't forget to order your ass merch at adamsank.com. Uh, listen, have a great week and a happy new year. And vote. Register to vote. Oh, do vote it for early. Ruth. Do it for Ruth. <laughs>